What's the biblical model for the home and the family? How can a young woman learn about children, meal preparation and nutrition, and the basics of design and apparel? Doctors Paige and Dorothy Patterson will discuss a new homemaking concentration at Southwestern. And what's the latest on global warming and the environment? We'll get an update from Washington. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. The planet has a fever. Hey, you, don't you give up. All right, that's Al Gore, former vice president of the United States. He says the planet has a fever, and that's Madonna, of course, singing at the Live Earth, the Mother Earth concerts. Folks, it's very hot out there today. It's been hot all week. It's going to be hot. And we're reading about these hurricanes moving our direction. What do you think about global warming? Fact or fiction? You know, the U.S. Senate has a special committee to study this. And we're going to talk with the lead staffer on that committee at the half hour. And we'll be taking your calls and questions in 30 minutes. Global warming. How hot is it where you are? Is that a sign today of global warming? Also... Today, the New York City Police Commissioner, Raymond Kelly, says there's a definite threat now, a growing threat, of homegrown terrorism. This is very important. Listen to New York City Police Commissioner. We think it's, it's very real, and it is certainly as significant as the threat that uh, uh, comes to us from, uh, from overseas. All right, so now the homegrown terrorist threat. England has been struggling with this. Now the United States will keep following this, uh, and we might get to it later in the show. But I want to ask you uh, to think about the music you're hearing just now. Uh, Listen to this music right now, and what is the image you have of the family, of the home, of the mother? And the question I want to ask you is uh, June Cleaver. Let's leave it to Beaver. Is that the model we want for homes today, for women today? Or, wait a minute, let's ask a different question. Is what the Apostle Paul, and this is the important question, is what he said in the book of Timothy, in the book of Titus, about the role of women, is that legitimate today? Is it not legitimate? Or here's another question. Uh, The New Testament teaches there's a gift of hospitality. Is that 
gift of hospitality a legitimate gift today? If it is, should Bible colleges and seminaries be teaching about that gift and equipping uh, women if they have this gift or in their role as a mother or as a housewife? Should colleges and seminary seminaries be equipping women to minister in this fashion? With us to talk about it, we have doctors, Doctors Page and Dorothy Patterson from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, welcome to the program, Doctors Patterson and Patterson. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Let me just say, folks, that Dr. Page Patterson is the two-time president of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, one-time president of Criswell College, the defining presidency of this institution. I had the privilege of, privilege of attending uh, under his leadership. And uh, Dr. Dorothy Patterson is professor of theology at Southwestern Seminary as well. And so, Drs. Patterson, you have been uh, raising quite a stir here in the media. I saw that you were on Fox News the other day debating. The bloggers are going crazy. Tell us what you're doing at Southwestern Seminary that is uh, raising the eyebrows of some folks out there in women's preparation. Well, quite frankly, Dr. Johnson, it's an astonishment to me that uh, anybody has any question about this, uh, given the condition of homes in America with divorce rates still rising, with uh, child abuse uh, uh, around every corner, with uh, wife abuse on everybody's list of concerns, and so forth and so on. So along comes the school and says, okay, we want to give some real attention to the home, and it is our desire to prepare a group of women in what used to be called home economics, but uh, uh, that just really means the law of the house, and we want to, tra- to train these women uh, in a baccalaureate and humanities degree, which requires uh, everything everybody else is taking over here in that uh, humanities degree, but add to that a concentration in homemaking. And uh, so that's what we have done. And uh, we continue to be astonished that anybody has a problem with that. And I have concluded that the only reason anybody has a problem with it is ideological. Mm. You know, uh, you have said this is more than uh, cooking, cookie baking emphasis. Let's talk a little more about uh, the nuts and bolts. What are you going to be studying? Well, uh, I think I'll let uh, Mrs. Patterson tell you the homemaking uh, uh, concentration on it. But let me say that up front, they have to take... Uh, uh, two years of Greek, two years of Latin. That's good. <laughs> uh, they have to take uh, the History of Western Ideas program, which is basically a great books of the Western World program, where they're going to be reading most of those and acquainting themselves thoroughly with Western civilization. And then uh, the student uh, then has an opportunity to major, uh, to have a concentration in music or education or history or homemaking. And uh, the homemaking uh, curriculum, specifically that that uh, additional uh, that part of the 129-hour degree that is in homemaking, Mrs. Patterson, will you tell them what's on that one? Well, it's approximately a little over 20 hours of work, and we start. What I'll be teaching this fall actually is a biblical model for the home and family, 
and I think that's a, a foundational course that should be in all college curriculums, frankly, and I'm delighted that we're able to offer it here at Southwestern in this concentration. We also have the value of a child, and of course there are some people who are very offended that we would think of teaching a course on the value of a child. They say, why don't you do parenting? Mm. Well, of course, uh, as I said earlier in the day in another interview, you do start with seeing the child as valuable before you're willing to invest the hours it takes in parenting. So uh, that course is going to involve much more than just saying a child is valuable, but we'll be looking to God's Word to see what He has to say about the gift of life, the gift of a child. Then we have some specialty courses that would go in a concentration like this in nutrition, meal preparation, Mm -hmm. and basics of design, textiles, clothing construction with lab work. And it amazes me, Dr. Johnson, that uh, some of our friends uh, want to do away with the whole fashion industry. They don't want to have any institutional cafeterias in the schools. They don't want to have any kind of hospitality uh, things with the <laughs> hotels and restaurants and so forth. I mean, a basic degree in humanities with this concentration is only a foundational program in which you can see whether or not these things appeal to you. So even if a woman isn't intending to give her life to her home and family, and I happen to think that's a good idea, but even if she, from the very beginning, wants to pursue some professional career, it gives her a chance to see whether or not she enjoys these particular mundane tasks that are at the basis of many career aspirations. And then in addition to that, we have, of course, a practicum because you do have to be able to put these things into practice. And we have an orientation course, which is an hour to give you an overview. So that's kind of the basic uh, makeup of these brief hours that are part of our concentration. Uh, You know, I'm noticing that the new pastor of First Baptist Dallas, Dr. Robert Jeffress, his wife, Amy, is a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin, with a Bachelor of Science in Homemaking from the University of Texas at Austin. And, you know, I, I know, for as a matter of fact, that in years gone by, uh, the Secular Academy actually affirmed uh, home economics, homemaking, and this kind of emphasis. But we know where our culture has gone with this, and we know that our culture is undermining uh, the role of the woman and uh, homemaking and so forth and motherhood. But I am a little surprised that uh, Christians, even Baptist or some Southern Baptist, uh, would be in the in the cynics' corner on this. And I really want to get to the Scripture for a moment because this school, Criswell College and Southwestern Seminary, we're about the Christian worldview. Could either one of you just talk about the biblical calling of a wife, of a mother, and the responsibility of the church to provide training? Um, to, to women in the church, and particularly how pastors' wives ought to be equipped, uh, first of all, to do these things themselves, but later to pass that on to the next generation. Well, uh, Dr. Johnson, while my wife is getting ready to respond to that, let me just add a page to it. I'd noticed that about Mrs. Jeffers, and uh, I'm also holding in my hands right now a uh, a piece that was just handed me from the Baylor University catalog, a present Baylor University catalog, and uh, their course on family and consumer sciences. Yes. Uh, their, <laughs> their major on family and consumer yeah. sciences. But our attackers 
have not focused on Baylor at all, but on our program. And that's what tells me that this is not about the homemaking program. Uh, it's about some very bad attitudes uh, that exist out there, and it's purely personal. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dr. Paige Patterson, Dr. Dorothy Patterson. And let me say Dr. Dorothy Patterson has written uh, the Woman's Study Bible. She's the editor of that uh, project, and then she's general editor for the Women's Evangelical Commentary of the New Testament. Uh, Mrs. Patterson, Dr. Dorothy Patterson, could you just talk to us about the biblical mandate of women teaching women uh, skills for motherhood and um, being a wife? Of course, the main focus uh, in a positive way of the New Testament on women and their responsibilities happens to be from the pen of the Apostle Paul in the book of Titus, in which he addressed spiritually mature women. Presbutidas is the Greek word. It's a hapex and one used only there, but it can be translated different ways. It can be translated older women, but the idea... I think is more women who are immersed in Scripture, who know the Word of God. They are to teach the younger women, naos, the women who are new and fresh to the faith, and he gives them a curriculum. And I'll have to admit, Dr. Johnson, when I first read that years ago, I'm thinking, well, this is an unusual curriculum for the church. And women, why aren't we teaching uh, these women evangelism? Why aren't we teaching them how to uh, build a good soup kitchen and feed the hungry? And uh, why aren't we doing some more productive things that we think of in ministry? But, you know, as the years have rolled by, I have become more and more convinced that for whatever reason, God chose to use the metaphor of the home and family in revealing himself. He calls himself Father. He calls us his children. He calls heaven home. He speaks of the church as the bride of Christ. There's all kinds of imagery throughout Scripture in which God, by his own choice, chose to reveal himself in the terms that we use in the home. And if that's the case, then it would seem to me that if we are going to equip women for ministries in the kingdom, whatever those ministries are, one of the most basic things we want to give them is exactly what Paul said. He said, we teach the women to be lovers of their husbands, lovers of their children. We teach them to be home workers. And then he uses a lot of um, character qualities, too, and we would challenge them because they have to build their character. It seems to me that the degree that uh, Southwestern Seminary has fashioned here is doing exactly that to the best of our ability. I always hasten to say it is not a program for every woman. It, it's a choice. It's one of just like music. We have a concentration in music. Now, I don't know why they're not honest about that. Do you think we should waste time teaching people music in college? Why? Why are we doing that? Uh, what about uh, some of the other uh, education? What if the, she decides to be a school teacher? What are we doing training school teachers? Well, Mary Crowley, who, as you know, was one of the greatest women who ever lived in the congregation of First Baptist Church Dallas, she's now with the Lord, she had a little saying that stuck indelibly in my mind. She said, being a Christian is not doing certain things, but it's doing everything a certain way. Hey, we've and got I, to stop with that point. We're out of time. We're on a hard break. Dr. Paige Patterson, Dr. Dorothy Patterson, when we come back, how are we going to get back to the biblical model of the family? We'll take your calls. We'll talk more with the Pattersons. We'll be right back after this break. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Chriswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. 
The word and worldview focus of Chriswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was All right, you'll remember that's the Brady Bunch. And uh, folks, we've seen the American family change in its composition, the idea of a family, and uh, the function of the father, the mother, uh, the way the children interact with the father and the mother. A good bit of change there. We're talking today. With Dr. Paige Patterson, Dr. Dorothy Patterson, there at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dr. Paige Patterson is the president. Dr. Dorothy Patterson is teaching theology and particularly heading up an emphasis, a homemaking common concentration in homemaking for the women at the college. And um, they've had a fair bit of criticism about this. Dr. Patterson, let me ask you this. From Baylor to the University of Texas, we've seen um, recent and current emphasis on homemaking. No complaints there. But uh, when a conservative institution sets about to do this, we, we have our critics. And, um, and I think that's because the family has changed in America. I think it's because people are thinking about family differently, and uh, they just do not accept what the Bible says. Now, I want to read this scripture you've already mentioned, Titus 2, 4. The older women are to admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now, we understand the critics on the outside of the church, but for Christians, isn't it just a matter of whether or not they really believe this text I think that's the whole point, Dr. Johnson. It's one of those things where you look at God's Word and you make a choice. Do Is this applicable for me? Do I want to stand under it, or have I gone beyond that? And do I have other things like experience and culture that I want to look to? Uh, we've said very clearly that we're not even saying this program is for every woman. Right. We're saying that a woman who has in her heart that she wants to be equipped to not only have a good classical education so that she is familiar with the great literature of the world and she wants the biblical foundational courses because whatever God gives her to do, she feels that's a vital part of the preparation. And then she says, you know, I'd just like to be able to have a hospitable, welcoming home, whether I marry or not, whether I bear children or not. I'd like to know how to do some of these things. I was just looking at an email that came through from a woman here in our own state not a Baptist. She said, uh, she read about this in a secular newspaper, and she said, the skills your program will teach are lessons women used to learn from their grandmothers and mothers. Yes. I'm in my 30s, and I found it difficult to find places to learn these basic skills. I applaud Southwestern Seminary for offering this mm. program, and I'm sure it will be well received. You know, I'm looking at an email right here in front of me that's come in from a listener. Here's what they say. I'm a part of a generation which was raised on fish sticks and corn dogs. By the time Mom picked me up from childcare, prepared dinner, and helped me with homework, little time remained for her to 
homemake. And then the emails goes on to say, you know, where is the current generation going to learn these skills that many of their mothers did not practice and certainly did not teach or hand down or pass down? I think there's a real practical reason for, for this kind of a program. Most definitely. Just general hygiene, health, uh, mealtime, nutrition. We're plagued with obesity, so many other different things. We all need some good lessons that come out of a program like this. Well, let's talk about, uh, you've got a conference coming up, Reclaiming a Biblical View of Family, because I think this is part of a larger uh, trend in our culture. Talk to us about this conference and what you hope to accomplish. Well, we do have uh, a conference coming up in which we uh, will be uh, focusing on the biblical view of uh, the family, and uh, this is a conference that uh, um, will be well attended based on what we're seeing so far, and the spokesmen who will come to it are people who are very committed to uh, seeing what is sometimes called a traditional family. I'm more interested in calling it the biblical family in which biblical values uh, such as love and loyalty and kindness and generosity and all the other virtues are taught in that family as well as the skills necessary in order to have a happy and a happy wonderful home one of the groups that we're trying to reach in all of this just consider the enormous number of people from southern baptist life for example that go overseas to give their lives uh, to people of other uh, ethnic uh, backgrounds and other nationalities. And they do that, and oftentimes, like several couples we've been with lately when we've been in other countries, are doing so in situations where uh, they don't even have running water in their home. They've got to, to know how to make a home literally out of nothing. And we're trying to minister to those also. The dates on that conference, Dr. Johnson are September 13 and 14, and of course they can go, your listeners can go to our website, www.swbts.edu, to get detailed information, but uh, I do think uh, my husband is right in saying it's going to be a very strategic conference, and I think well attended because the subject is important. Now I'm going to ask you a crazy question. The Russian population has been shrinking since the early 1990s, and there's this strange story out today that in one region of Russia, the government has proposed September 12, that's the day before your conference, as a day of conception. And they're giving people time off from work to procreate. I, could you intersect, uh, connect, uh, talk about the relationship between what's happened in Russia and actually what's happening in America, and that is declining rates of childbirth. Our, our population is static and or declining in terms of, of childbirth. And um, the big picture here on family, on home, on child-rearing, embracing children. Well, I saw that press release, too. Uh, and unfortunately, it even goes further. It uh, is a day for procreation regardless of whether or not you have established a covenant relationship <laughs> right. of marriage. That's bad. And some are even being paid. The same, there is a trend in other countries. Uh, I saw something while we were traveling overseas this summer about another country that's paying couples right. to have children. 
you have a number of countries that uh, the population rate is, uh, is, is so low, the population reproduction is so low, that uh, near panic conditions are setting in. Uh, very frankly, Great Britain has a uh, very yes. little problem with that right now, too, that we were seeing statements about in the newspaper while we were there recently. And uh, it all boils down to the fact that uh, we've got a culture of death, not a culture of life. And the culture of death does not put a value upon uh, um, having children, nurturing them, and bringing them up in a happy relationship where they get a good view of life. And, and is so it a no culture one... of materialism instead of a culture of service? Exactly. Well, God bless you for your efforts. And um, we love Southwestern Seminary. We love the Pattersons here at Criswell College. And we wish you Godspeed in this program. Well, and if any you. of your ladies want to have an exciting look at God's Word on biblical womanhood, if your listeners, you tell them to come on over to Southwestern because we're going to be there doing it. All right. The website is SWBTS, SWBTS.edu. Just look around on that website. You'll find the homemaking concentration. You'll find this conference, A Biblical View of Family, Womanhood, and Manhood, September 13 and 14. Thank you, Doctors Patterson and Patterson. Thank you, Jerry. All right, folks, what do you think? We've got time maybe for a quick call or two, 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Do you think this is a throwback to uh, the 50s? Or do you think this is a throwback to the Bible and actually what the Bible expects of men, of women, of the church? Is there a preferred role for women? Or actually, I guess we could ask this question, just a legitimate role for women as mothers, as wives, to manage the home, to plan the meals, to do the shopping, to work within a budget, to provide discipline, to teach the children, to uh, take care of the clothing, whether they go buy it or they make it. Is that legitimate? And are some Christians here, and even Baptists, misguided in their criticisms of this. And what about the gift of hospitality, after all? That is, a, that is listed in the gifts in the New Testament. Is that, is that gift a kind of a secondary gift? We've got Gail on the line from Fort Worth. Gail, what's your comment on this? Well, I think today um, the concept of homemaker has just been um, destroyed, I think, because um, the, the concept of homemaker to some women, I believe, might be a thumb um, held down and pressed where there's no independence. Um, that's, you know, what I'm thinking. But as a homemaker myself, um, a mother and a wife, I believe that a homemaker is the most important thing in a person's life. Thank you, Gail. Life. Thank you so much for that comment. Let's go on to Adam from Waco. Adam, what do you think of this program? Is this biblical or just a senseless throwback uh, to the 50s? Yeah, Jerry, I just, uh, I have to agree. I, I really like what uh, Southwest Seminary is doing there. Um, honestly, what I'd like to see is more of that being brought into our churches and seeing that more filtered through discipleship and a lot of the younger generations, and not just with the women, but with the men as well. Hey, thanks, Adam, for that call. Let's go to one other caller. Jake on the line from San Angelo. In San Angelo, we've got KCRN. Thank you for calling, Jake. What's your view? 
I just, uh, I really appreciate you guys having stuff like this on. Uh, when my wife and I first got married about five years ago, uh, we now have four kids, and we made a, a deal that my wife is going to stay home. She's going to take care of the house and have that role. And, uh, you know, we try really hard to, to be able to express the, the, man, the man in the relationship, the woman's role in the relationship, and how it all works out. And it's really just neat to see uh, seminaries uh, uh, stepping up like this. Thanks, Jake. This head on. Thank you. Well, three to nothing so far on this topic with the Pattersons, with Southwestern Seminary, with Criswell College, incidentally. We're taking new students right now. We have a women's ministry concentration here at Criswell College. Professor Ashley Smith teaching this fall on Thursday. Go to our website. Still not too late to register. Come on down. We're doing registration today and tomorrow. When we come back, is global warming fact or fiction? It's hot today. Call in. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, the studio that distributed Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth and the movie March of the Penguins is promoting now a new movie called Arctic Tale. Two years ago, a journey through the coldest place on Earth Warm the hearts of audiences everywhere. This summer, the people that brought you March of the Penguins bring you an Arctic tale. Far beyond the world we humans know, there's a remote and ancient kingdom. Join storyteller Queen Latifah as she follows the adventures of Nanu the polar bear and Sela the walrus, two very different animals growing up in a time when their world is changing. The increasing warmth has it made is the demanding today. world more difficult. What the animals of the Ice Kingdom can't know is that their ancient ways of surviving are about to be tested. How hot is it, hot is it where you are? Experience the fun. Arctic Tales. All right, what's the temperature where you are today? It is hot in Texas. It has been hot. It's going to be hot. And we're reading and hearing about hurricanes on the way. And Starbucks is hosting a national day of discussion about the environment. What are we to make of all of this? Is global warming fact or fiction? The United States Senate has a special committee to study these sorts of issues with us again, Mark Morano. He's Communications Director for the U.S. Senate Committee on Environment. Mark, thank you for coming back. Tell us what's up on the global warming horizon. Well, Jerry, you just played the clip from that Arctic tale. It's not the only global warming scaremongering film aimed at young people. The other one is Leonardo DiCaprio's new film called The Eleventh Hour. And this film, Leonardo DiCaprio has expressly stated his idea his goal is to create fear. He wants people to see a bleak future. And this movie features a, um, uh, a scientist making the claim that the Earth could someday end up with 250-degree Celsius temperatures on Earth. And Leonardo DiCaprio has not interviewed anyone who disagrees with his premise. This is propaganda aimed at, at kids and young Americans. 
And it's something the Washington Post wrote about how eight and nine-year-olds are now fearing that they're going to die from global warming. And psychiatrists are saying they're seeing an increase in number of kids with uh, prescribing psychiatric drugs to deal with their environmental anxiety. This is a major propaganda push happening in our country, tied now with uh, Gore's producer, Lori David. She has a children's propaganda book on global warming coming out through Scholastic Books. Uh, that'll be out this fall. Mm. Well, let me ask you this, Mark, because it looks like uh, everyone's piling on. Uh, you got Rupert Murdoch. He's buying the Wall Street Journal. It looks like his big paper, The Sun, uh, is um, on the global warming bandwagon. You've got Newsweek um, two weeks ago. And um, I'm going to ask people to call us, actually. The number is 800-881-9270. That's 800-881-9270. How hot is it where you are? Do you think... This is a sign of global warming, and particularly anyone out there who sort of bought into this notion that we are headed for imminent disaster. We'll let you talk with Mark. But, uh, Mark, with all of this so-called consensus, would you just rehearse some of the fundamental facts which cause you to be a little bit skeptical of the doomsayers? Well, this is a very simple argument at its core. Uh, the New York Times has even conceded the Earth. Currently, nothing unusual is going on. It's within natural climate variability. You can't blame hurricanes, floods, any disasters on man-made emissions. Uh, we had the, uh, the U.K. Met Office, the U.K.'s National Weather Service, come out and admit that global warming has stopped. Global warming, if you look at surface and satellite, there's been no increase since 1998. So all the climate fear is being driven by unproven computer models of the future, which you can't prove wrong, a prediction in 2100, you can't prove it wrong today. And the UN, Jim, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Trenwick, uh, if I have the name right, was a top UN scientist in June, came out and admitted that the climate models don't account for half the variability and thus aren't reliable. So the entire basis of climate fear, you can't look at the Earth today, even Greenland, I returned from a trip to Greenland two weeks ago, Greenland is currently not as warm as it was in the 1920s and 30s. Greenland started warming in the 1880s, long before any man-made CO2 could have impacted it. And Greenland has actually, on average, been cooling since the 1950s. Almost everywhere you look, Antarctica is not following these so-called climate models. It's just not working out for the global warming alarmists, and they have a lot of explaining to do. And what they've now come out and said, yes, global warming has stopped in 1998. However, we think in 2009 it's going to, quote, begin in earnest. So in order to deal with the fact that their computer models are failing miserably, what do they do? They come out with more hyped-up and scary computer models of the future to keep the bandwagon rolling. This is a movement that is beside itself, and you can tell it's beside itself because they're now doing everything they can to censor scientific skeptics, including threatening, destroying their career, calling them traitors, treasonous, comparing them to Holocaust deniers, calling for Nuremberg-style trials. You would not do that if you were confident the science was on your side. All right, let's do this, Mark. Let's take a couple of callers. We've got Jim on the line from Arlington. Jim, this is your opportunity. What's your view? Do you have a question for Mark? Well, I just want to say that actually we are in global warming since the last ice age. The ice has been melting. But what people have failed to realize or remember or chose not to remember, back in the 70s, I was hearing the same exact arguments about the next ice age. Mm. They, all these alarmists were saying, oh, we're sending ourselves into another ice age. And that was just in the 70s. Well, Jim, 
We do forget that, and Newsweek should remember, obviously. But let me ask you this, Mark. We had some discussion earlier in the week uh, and even last week about what's happening at the North Pole and the South Pole. And what are you reading over the last few years about the North Pole? What are you seeing and the South Pole? Are both losing ice? Absolutely not. Antarctica, depending on... Now, keep keep in mind, there's very few in uh, temperature stations uh, historically, and it's very hard to get historical data and reliability. However, Antarctica seems to be increasing in mass overall. Al Gore and his film, Inconvenient Truth, focuses on the West Antarctica Peninsula and acts as though that's the end of the story, but it's actually gaining mass. And actually, a peer-reviewed study came out earlier this year which said it's not following the models. In fact, the quote from the lead scientist was, if there's a global warming signal on Antarctica, it's very hard to see at the moment. In other words, there's nothing happening. Now, the Arctic has been warming since the 1970s. But what people like Scott Pelley of 60 Minutes, who show you this map of 1979 and then show you the map of the Arctic today, they don't tell you that it's, a lot of this has to do with ocean currents and that the Arctic was as warmer warmer in the 1930s, as was Greenland, uh, than, it is, than it is currently. So they look at a, they look at a cherry-picked time and say, like, the last 30 years. Yes, the Arctic has warmed in the last 30 years. But it also warmed long before human CO2 emissions came. Right. So you just got to, you have to look at the long, long-term scale of this and you get the full picture. The bottom line is, yes, we had a one-degree warming. It's generally agreed upon, one-degree Fahrenheit, over the 20th century. But it was, and the question is, what caused it? We have solar scientists now saying that the sun is at its highest point in a thousand years, and that it's about to go into a cooling period based on solar activity. So that is why one of the reasons I think the global warming alarmists, for lack of a better word, are getting a little panicky right now because the temperatures have plateaued since 1998 and it's flatlined. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Mark Morano. He's Communications Director for the U.S. Senate Committee on Environment. He knows what he's talking about. We've got a caller on the line now, Barbara from Fort Worth. Barbara, what do you think of this? What's your view? I don't believe in the global warming. I know I was listening to the Spanish language program this, in fact, this weekend, and I believe they're having some uh, freezing, freezing issues in Costa Rica. Is that not correct? Well, I've heard that uh, there are colder than normal temperatures in the southern hemisphere. And, of course, don't forget, uh, Mark, you just tell us about what happened this, this winter and this spring in the northeastern United States. We're not. There's some record uh, cold periods this year. There were, and there's also record breaks. One of the things you need to realize, on any given day, especially with the way the media reports it and all the new satellite measurements and all the new technology, you can have record numbers of hurricanes, record heat, record cold, record record rains. But you have to look back. The thermometer's only been in existence, I think, 150 years or so. So to sit there and claim that this is unprecedented, that's unprecedented, it's all apples and oranges when you look at the data, first of all. But yes, we've had, we've had some heat, but actually the U.S., the eastern U.S. has been cooler. We had places like Wichita that didn't have a 100-degree day uh, until August, which is one of the longest they've had it since, I think, 1928. You have places in Europe, Denmark, U.K., that they're calling it the year without a summer. They're already talking about an early fall because they haven't had any warm temperatures. You have record cold in Argentina, record cold in Brazil, incredible amounts of snow and cold in Australia. During Al Gore's Live Earth concert in Johannesburg, South Africa, <laughs> right. they blamed turnout on heavy snow, poor turnout on heavy snow. So that was kind of ironic. <laughs> okay. Mark Morano, Communications Director for the U.S. Senate Committee on Environment. Mark, thank you as always. We'll have you back again. Thank you. It's epw.senate.gov. We have all these scientific reports. It's a tremendous resource, epw.senate.gov. Tremendous um, 
stack of stuff. If you want to lead, uh, look at all of this documentation that he's talked about. It's there, and uh, just scores of pages. We've copied it here. Tremendous resource. Thank you, Mark. All right, folks, let's talk about... Uh, Talk about this. The number is 800-881-9270. You can call us. We'll take you the next segment. How hot is it where you are? Is this a sign of global warming? We've talked about the facts of global warming. But uh, let's talk also about uh, really the Christian view on environment. Do we own this earth? Are we stewards? Are we being good stewards? And even if uh, man is not causing global warming... What is our responsibility? We can talk about that when we come back. Uh, Also, let's revisit the Patterson story. Do you think it's proper for a seminary to be teaching women homemaking skills? Maybe you want to weigh in on that one. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Don't forget, Criswell College registration tomorrow, Friday, next week. It's not too late. Go to our website, Criswell.com. .edu. This is Jerry Johnson Live. I'll be right back with your calls. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Chriswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Chriswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. We do not have time to play around with this. We do not have the luxury of making it a political football and and exercising politics as usual. All right, that's Al Gore, former vice president of the United States. Do you believe this man? It's hot out there today. But this is the man who said in his movie, The Inconvenient Truth, we'll have flooding of 20 feet in coastal cities. But actually, the IPCC, that's the UN committee that studies climate change, said we're going to have from 7 inches to 17 inches maximum. 17 inches maximum, Al Gore says, 20 feet. Do you believe this man? We've got Tom on the line from Dallas. Tom, thank you for calling. What's your view? Uh, I don't believe him. Um, And I guess I have a question for you. Um, I wonder why sometimes the the Christian community at large, or at the corporate level, if you will, doesn't do more. I mean, one of the things I love about your show is that you, you put the truth out there, and sometimes I wish I had the financial wherewithal to put ads in the USA Today and other national-level periodicals putting some of this truth out there. And I wonder if in the circles that you are involved in, um, 
if it is why there isn't more discussed, why is the truth not being put out there from the, the Christian perspective, if you will? Um, there's Christian organizations such as Billy Graham's that obviously have media rights or right. the power to put uh, movies and things out there. So I'm just curious if you can comment on that. Sure. Well, thank you for that call, Tom, and I hope you're listening still because uh, maybe you can be a part of it. But, you know, uh, I think, look, it sounds a lot more pious, it sounds a lot more spiritual to say, ooh, we've got to save the earth, uh, we, we must preserve the creation, and we must care and you know, nurture it and so forth. And so whether or not the science is true, uh, there's kind of a, a bias of emotion to buy into the argument, to buy into the uh, hysteria. And then I think uh, also uh, there's just this media onslaught and uh, most Christians are intimidated by the other side because all of these movie stars, now all of corporate America, all of the mainstream media seems to have bought into this um, this global warming hysteria. And so I think uh, so many good Christian organizations are just afraid to go head-to-head and toe-to-toe to that. And many of them have different ministries. Let's be honest about it. You mentioned Billy Graham organization. They're really about evangelism. That's our focus, their focus. And uh, But this particular program, our program, is about the Christian worldview, and it's how Christianity intersects with every other part of life. And so most of our programming, for instance, on KCBI, is preaching and teaching and evangelism and missionary-minded. But this hour, we talk about the entire world, our culture, and all of the news from the Christian worldview. So it's a unique kind of a show. But let me just say this. If you want to make a bigger splash, I would encourage you to make a donation out there. This is a great time when you've heard this appeal to write a check uh, to Criswell College or to KCBI. Go to our website, criswell.edu. You can um, use a check card, use a check, uh, EFT, electronic electronic funds transfer. You can uh, do a monthly donation, but we're on three stations now. We're also uh, got our foot in the door on Sirius Satellite on uh, Saturdays now in our news division. And so... We are doing more and more all the time, and Tom, I'm glad you want to be a part of that, and I encourage you uh, to get involved any way you can. We've got Jenny on the line from Prosper. Jenny, thank you for calling. What do you think's going on, Jenny? Well, you know, I just I have a real a, a, a question with um, um, the whole global global warming thing, and to me, I mean, I feel like there's a big false advertisement out there. Well, there is, Jenny, and um, I think, you know, we just have to be um, the prophet crying in the wilderness, I guess. But uh, there are more and more people listening and more and more people doubting. And I think we hear how shrill Al Gore and others are sounding because uh, about no other issue do you hear this kind of lingo and jargon about doubters and skeptics comparing us to Holocaust deniers, saying that maybe people would be prosecuted under Nuremberg-style tribunals if they're, if they're global warming deniers. So that's, that's uh, very unusual. And I think the American people have not bought into this yet, and at least there are a lot of people out here listening to us that haven't. Last caller, Lee on the line from Plano. Lee, what do you think? I think that Al Gore has found another platform uh, to uh, get some attention from or, or on, and he has certainly taken advantage of it. And um, 
just like uh, you know his claim uh, several years ago that he invented the internet. Mm. Now he's come up with uh, with this uh, this claim that he is really um, gone crazy with, or whatever you want to say. And I wanted to tell you that I I really do appreciate your show, and I'm I. I, I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing, kind of like point of view on another station, because the mm. Christian community needs to be needs to hear things from the the uh, Christian viewpoint. The Christian community needs to be be kept informed, and you're doing that, so that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Lee. Let's go to that right now, folks. What does the Bible say about our place on the earth and with the earth? The Book of Psalms, chapter eight. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the Son of Man that you visit him, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beast of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. This is one of the many places in the Old Testament where we're told God created man in his image and that man has a dominion, a rulership, a stewardship over the earth and over its resources. And so sometimes people talk about the human race as if we're not a part of nature or that we're some kind of an imposition. Never forget this. The human race is part of the biosphere, and actually we have a stewardship and a ruling role over the biosphere. We do have a responsibility. We're not something unnatural that's imposed itself upon the natural world. But wait a minute. Uh, Let's go quickly to Psalm 8, because it says, The creation, the whole creation, is in a bondage of corruption. And the whole creation is groaning and laboring with birth pangs together until now. And that is, creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. That is, the creation is under a curse of sin. And so we're going to have earthquakes, we're going to have tornadoes, and we're going to have periods of cooling and periods of warming. We should not be polluters. We should not exploit natural resources. We should conserve, but we should not think that we can save the planet. Jesus is the one who will save the planet when He comes again, and He rules and He reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus will make all things new, and He can make your heart new. This is Jerry Johnson Live. Talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.